Hey, this is Travis Bennett, the pastor here at Arena of Life Church, and I just want to welcome you to our podcast. I pray this builds your faith, encourages you, and brings you to newer levels in Christ. Enjoy the message. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, you look good this morning. All right. Look at, look at your second choice. You know who your second choice is. And say, first of all, I'm sorry you're my second choice. Right? Absolutely. Say, you look like you've lost 20 pounds. Lie to him if you have to, right? Hey, Jimmy. Good to see you this morning. Amen. Well, who's happy to be in the house of God today? Amen. Well, I want to go ahead and thank. Let me fix my mic here. I get all wound up. I want to thank our worship team. And um, also, too, I want to thank uh, everybody who volunteers. Am I a little hot? I messed it up now, didn't I? Sorry, Isaac. But uh, I want to thank all of our volunteers. Today, we are, is that better? Today, um, we had a little gift for all of our volunteers, something to give them. And I just, uh, I, I, I want to let you know that the only way that church happens on a Sunday morning is because of our volunteers. Because, I mean, they make me look good. I get to come in here and preach the gospel and share the word of the Lord with you and pray for you and all those different things. But back there, first through fifth, there's teachers teaching some kids. How many of y'all need a break from your children? Let's just be honest, right? And, and they give you that break. And so they're back there teaching the kids. There's people in the nursery. There's a hospitality team, security team. We also, too, have people uh, back in the sound booth. We love our sound guy. They may be the most hated men in all churches, but we love ours, right? And, and the worship team and out in the parking lot and all this, everything that happens. In fact, yesterday we had a funeral and we celebrated somebody's life and, and there was a crew of ladies that were up here and they volunteered and they ministered to that family and served them and it, it was really good. And so um, thank God for all of our volunteers. I also want to thank all of our pastors and elders. The Bible tells us this, that wisdom is found in a multitude of counsel and I thank God for their leadership and I don't do it on my own. And uh, also too, I want to thank the staff, uh, Lucas and Yinley and Carrie and, and um, amen. Right. Uh, Brandy and myself, we sit down every week and we plan some things out. Thank God for Jennifer. I'm telling you, somebody asked me the other day, amen. Somebody asked me the other day, they said, hey, do you do this? And I forget even what it was. I said, honestly, don't know. I don't know how that works. Well, do you do this? I'm like, I promise you, I have no earthly idea. Well, don't you go to church there? Yeah, I preach there. That's all I do, all right? And so, uh, and how many of y'all know it needs to be that way? I mean, honestly, y'all come and ask me questions all the time. I'm like, I'm, I really don't know. But I believe God has called me to lead and to feed. And I thank God that we have a team of people that lets me be able to do that. Hey, today we're celebrating Pentecost. And uh, some of y'all already, you're getting scared. Like, oh my gosh, is he going to get Pentecostal? Yes, I am. I'm going to ask all the ladies to wear long dresses, have a bun. We're going to go till 2 o'clock today. I'm going to get out the snakes, and we're going to drink poison and Kool-Aid together. Come on, somebody. No, I promise you I'm not that weird. People are weird, but the Holy Spirit is not weird. Can I get an amen? And uh, so as we talk about Pentecost, if you have your Bibles, open them up to Acts chapter 2. And I think it's important that we are actually Acts chapter 1. 
And as I was thinking about talking about the Holy Spirit this morning, how many of y'all have ever been in a situation before where you just had to call on a higher power? You know, I'm thinking about my kids. There's all the time that I'll be in a situation. Maybe maybe this doesn't happen at your house because your house is perfect. And there'll be a time where I'm correcting my kid. And, and they'll say, I just can't wait for mom to get home. Why do they want mom? Because they feel like mom has a little bit higher power, don't they, Kenneth? They, there's some things that they get away with mom that they don't get away with daddy. That is so true in your home. Don't even lie in the house of God right now, all right? And so, because <laughs> it's true in my house. <laughs> They're boys smiling over here. But how I many of y'all know there's, there's the, the kids know how to work it? Like, I, I, I know if I want to get this done, I, I, I need to talk to mama and not daddy. Uh, I was thinking about this also, too. When, when Brandy and I first got married, we were, uh, we were banking at this big, big bank. And... Um, there was something that happened. We had some fraud inside of our account. And so what, um, what I did was, is I called up to the bank and it was a big, I mean, like a corporate type bank. And I remember they said, well, we're going to send you to so-and-so. Then so-and-so sent me to so-and-so and so-and-so sent me to so-and-so. How many of y'all know that's aggravating? It's like trying to cancel your cable bill. It's like on friends where Chandler or, or when, when Ross wanted to quit the gym, right? We're going to send you to so-and-so and so-and-so. So well, I'm going to quit the bank. No, I want to quit the you know, have uh, you ever been through that? Those of you that watch spiritually connected here and watch Friends, you know what I'm talking about. And so, <clears throat> but uh, uh, talking about that bank. So then that was so frustrating to me. So what we did was we went to a smaller bank. And can I tell you about my bank now? When I call my bank, I just, I call one person, they know who I am. And it's not because of the amount of money in my account, I promise you. It's because it's personal, it's small, they know who I am. And, and what I love about that is because there's times where I just need, because I need some help because I can't figure this out on my own. And I need a help. Can I tell you the Holy Spirit will be that help for you? As we talk about Pentecost today, that help, we, sometimes you just need something better. How I many of y'all know you need a little bit more wisdom than the wisdom that you're provided with? The Bible tells us in James that he said, ask for wisdom and I'll give it to you. Can I tell you, we need just a little bit more help in America today. <laughs> You're like, Lord, give me patience. And I'm telling you, you ain't going to make it on the patience of your own. You need the empowering of the Holy Spirit to give you a patience that you can live by. And so in Acts chapter 1 and verse 3, and I believe it's very fitting of where we talk about this. It always is because this is 50 days after the resurrection. And that's what Pentecost means. It's 50. And here in Acts chapter 1 verse 3, let's read this together. I'm reading out of the Amplified this morning. And he says, to these men, he also showed himself alive after his suffering in Gethsemane and on the cross by a series of many infallible proofs and unquestionable demonstrations appearing to them over a period of 40 days. Everybody say 40. Tell me you're paying attention. 40 days. And talking to them about the things concerning the kingdom of God. Verse 4. While being together and eating with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, of which he said, you have heard me speak. Verse 5. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized and empowered. Everybody say empowered. Come on, say it like you mean it. Empowered. Empowered and united with the Holy Spirit, not long from now. As I was thinking about this and meditating on this particular word of talking about Pentecost, I was thinking to myself this, and it may be a bold statement to say this, 
that there's lots of people, they experience Passover. This is after the 40 days that Jesus is here. They experience a Passover moment. But then when you accept Jesus to be the Lord of your life, and, and can, I, can I just be honest with you this morning? The Christian life is not hard. It's impossible without the Holy Spirit. Can I just be honest with you this morning? I'm going to say that one more time. The Christian life is not hard. It's impossible without the empowering of the Holy Spirit in your life. Right? I mean, would you agree? Some people think, well, I gave my life to the Lord. My bank account is just going to magically appear with money. I got my life right with the Lord. My, my mom's going to get her head screwed on straight. I, I, my marriage is going to come out perfect. I'm, I'm telling you, all of these, those things will work, but you've got to work something. And it's the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And I'm here to tell you, those, those things are still going to happen. And so what I want to do first this morning is go through a history lesson. And I want to talk about the three national feasts of the Hebrews. There's seven feasts in, 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 um, in Israel. And we talked about those here recently in a Bible school that we had here at the church. And I learned so much from that. But in Exodus, it talks about uh, three national feasts. That th- these are some things, these are some heavy hitters, these particular feasts. And it's the feast of uh, Passover. It's the Feast of Pentecost, and it's the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, before we go to that, I just want to point something out to you, that Jesus, all of it points to Jesus. Can I tell you, I want to say this out loud on TikTok, all you preachers out there. You need to, you, you need to say things, you need to preach the gospel that points to Jesus. Because the Old Testament goes to Jesus, and the New Testament goes to Jesus. How many of y'all know we'd still be a lying, cheating, dead-beaten, two-timing, no-good, counterfeit punk if it wasn't for Jesus? Amen? All right. But all of it points to Jesus. In fact, Matthew chapter 5 in the Sermon on the Mount, when we read the Beatitudes, and, we, and as he's establishing the kingdom of God, and he preaches the most dynamic message ever in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. What does he say in Matthew 5, 17? He said, I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill the law. So what he was trying, what he was doing is all the things that you've been uh, setting up for and all the things that you've been living your life out for, I'm coming now and you watch it unfold. All of these things will happen. Well, the first feast this morning I want to talk about is the feast of Passover. And that's what we celebrated at Easter. Did we not? Well, actually, we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But what Jews did is God set this up for the feast of Passover for, for, for these Jewish people because he needed them to remember how God delivered them out of Egypt. How many of y'all know we all need to remember what God has delivered us from? Because if we're not careful, we'll forget. Can I tell you, as Christians, we forget? Can I tell you how many times people come in here, they finally get the answer of how God needs to... Um, oh, they need a miracle in their life, and then they forget. How I many of y'all know we need to be reminded of the cross on Monday? We need to be reminded of the cross on Tuesday. We need to be reminded of the cross on Wednesday. Come on. When those in-laws come over, you need to be reminded of the cross. Can I get an amen from somebody out there? All right. Maybe they're outlaws, whoever they are. But you need to be reminded of the redemptive work of what God has done inside of your life. And so he said, I want you to remember that. And see, that's why we do communion. It says in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 11, he said, do this in remembrance of me. What are we remembering? The blood that was poured out, the Passover lamb, the sacrificial lamb that Jesus is. 
And so in the Old Testament, remember the book of Exodus. Pharaoh, Pharaoh, oh, baby. All right, there's only two of you awake. All right, don't even make me do the dance this morning. You know the story of Pharaoh, Pharaoh, oh, baby. All right, that's better. All right, make sure you're paying attention. And how he, they're oppressing them and impress them uh, for, for many years. And God raises up Moses. They go through all these plagues. And the last one is this. This is what will bring deliverance. There'll be a death angel that'll come to the camp. But this is how the death angel goes over you. Uh, the death angel would come to the firstborn inside of the family. He said, I want you to kill a spotless, uh, without blemish lamb. Pour the blood over the mantle and it will pass over. So when they do the Feast of Passover, they are going to celebrate how God spared their life and delivered them out of Egypt. But there's something unique that you need to know that happened in the Old Testament compared to the New Testament. In the Old Testament, the Passover lamb died, and then it was put inside the oven. And then the third thing that we know about Passover is this, is that it covered their sins for the year, right? Covered their sins for the year. But then in the book of John, you know the story. When Jesus walks up, he said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the earth. So now we fast forward to the New Testament. When Jesus died on Passover. How many of y'all know Alanis Morissette was right when she says, Isn't it ironic, don't you think? Some of y'all are too. All right, now you know what I'm talking about, all right? How many of y'all know the word of God? It's just not... It's, it's not ironic. God put it there for, I'm telling you, every puzzle piece lines up together. Behold, the Lamb of God that died on Passover. And so he died, right? He was put inside of a tomb, not inside to be baked. He's put inside of a tomb. But in the Old Testament, his sin, the sins were removed for a year. But in the New Testament, they were removed forever. Come on, can we get an amen this morning? Isn't that good news? Come on, that's good news. And now we talk about the Feast of Pentecost of what we're talking about today. The very first Pentecost, it was, it was for them to remember the rules or the bylaws that God gave to Moses at Mount Sinai on the Ten Commandments. And you can read about this in the book of Exodus. It wasn't just the Ten Commandments, but it was also, uh, I mean, all kinds of little things. Like, this is how you would set up the tent. This is how the poles would go. This is how the people would get in order. And he sets all these things up. But in the Old Testament, what he did was, is when that happened, cloud descended, and there was loud noise, and there was fire. In the Old Testament, God wrote the law on stone tablets. In the Old Testament, 3,000 people died because when he writes this law, Moses comes up off of the mountain there and his brother Aaron, the goofball, lets the people build a golden image and, and God's wrath is poured out and 3,000 people died in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, God established the nation of Israel when he did this. But you fast forward to the, to the New Testament. We see this, the, the, the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts chapter 2 and we're going to read about this in a minute. Just like in the Old Testament, it, sounded, it descended with loud noises and with fire. The same thing happened in the, in the New Testament when they were in the upper room. In the Old Testament, God wrote the law on tablets. But in the New Testament, God wrote the law on their hearts. Because that's what the Holy Spirit does. You can't live a righteous life without the Holy Spirit. And in the Old Testament, 3,000 people died. But in the New Testament... Peter gets saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, and 3,000 people got saved. 
How many of y'all know Jesus, when he came, he turned some things around? The fourth thing is this. God established the nation of Israel in the Old Testament in the Feast of Tabernacle. But in the New Testament, God established the church. And as we look at the book of Acts, God shows us a picture of how we should have church. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, they're in the upper room here. They're at Mary's house, Mark's mother. It says, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. Or your Bible might say they were in an accord, in one accord, not in an accord. Corny preacher jokes, I'm sorry. Verse 2. And suddenly a sound came from heaven with a rushing violent wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. There appeared to them tongues resembling a fire, which were being dis- distributed, distributed gosh, among them, and they rested on each one of them each as each person received the Holy Spirit. And they were all, everybody say all. all. Everybody say all. all. That means all. In Texan, that means all. All right? Everybody. And airy tang, right? All filled, that is diffused through the, the, their being with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues, different languages, as the Spirit was giving them the ability to speak out clearly and appropriately. So you're beginning to see the correlation between the Old Testament and the New Testament. I'm telling you, how many of y'all know we ought to celebrate Pentecost of how God poured out the Holy Spirit for us? In Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, he said, and you shall receive power... When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. I don't know about you, but I need some power to be in a witness in today's world. How many of y'all know that? So the third feast is this, is the Feast of Tabernacles. And this was the feast that they would remember that God had brought them a place of wandering in the wilderness to an established place in tents inside Uh, the land flowing with milk and honey or the promised land. How many of y'all know we ought to celebrate? There was a time when we didn't know Jesus and we wondered and and we need to celebrate of how God has pulled us out of the miry rock and he set us, or miry clay, and he has set us on a rock to stand. How many of y'all know we need to celebrate? He's forgiven us of our sins and cleansed us from all unrighteousness. Amen? He's given us a new place to live by. And so in the Old Testament, they went from wandering to temporary huts. In the Old Testament, they they were brought to their final home. In the Old Testament, they celebrated during the harvest season. And you also need to know this. This is known as the Feast of Trumpets. And there's so much that goes into this. In fact, all three of these. Go back and listen to Bible school. There's so, so much more in all of this. But... In the New Testament, you fast forward to that, we read in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, what I'm about to read in just a minute, and it's talking about the rapture of the church. And this is the Feast of Tabernacles that he's talking about. And, and what's going to happen is, is we're going to go from living on the earth, we're going from uh, um, wandering to now a temporary place in heaven. How I many of y'all know God has a mansion for us, believers out there? Number two... The Bible tells us this, during this time, there will be a great harvest. And you know, I'm believing for that. There's many people that say against that, but I'm believing in the last days, God will pour out His Spirit on all flesh, that His young uh, men will prophesy. I'm I'm believing uh, that that God is doing something in the earth today. Who's, Who's still inside of their hearts believing that there is a homecoming? of young, young people and believers that are coming to the Lord. I believe that. 
And the third thing is we would hear a trumpet sound from Jesus. We can read about this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 15. It says this, For we say to this to you by the Lord's word, that we who are still alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will in no way precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with the shout of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the blast of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first, then we who are alive and remain will simultaneously be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will always be with the Lord. How many of y'all know that's good news for us? And so... You're like, Pastor, where, where are you going with this? In fact, as I was studying Acts chapter 2 and verse 12, when, when they're filled with this and they begin to speak in other tongues, one of them, Acts chapter 2 and verse 12, they begin to ask, what could this possibly mean? So, Pastor, where are you going with this? I'm going with this because I'm just here to tell you this morning, Pentecost is living the life you couldn't live naturally. You know what I've noticed in my life is there's many people that they visit Passover right here. They visit Passover, and what they do is, is they look forward to the Feast of Tabernacles of when Jesus is coming back. And in this place in between, they live a miserable Christian life. And I'm going to go back to what I said in the beginning. A Christian, a walk with Christ is not hard. It's impossible without the empowering of the Holy Spirit. And there's so many people, they have this Passover experience and they, they ask Jesus to be the Lord of their life. Are they going to heaven? Yes. Has, 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 has God forgiven them of their sins? Yes, as far as the east is from the west. But I'm telling you, God has so much more for you than Passover. God has so much more for you than just sitting in a pew on Sunday morning. God has so much more for you than, I'm telling you, thank God for the blood. But, and I'm telling you, we always need to be, come back to the place that we remember the blood. But I'm telling you, God has given you gifts that you need to tap into. And there's so many people that they go, they go from here and they say, well, I'm just waiting for Jesus to come back. I'll just max out a credit card because Jesus is coming back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'll live foolishly till Jesus comes back. And can I tell you this? Jesus is coming back. But no one knows the day or the hour. No one knows the day or the hour. In fact, the Feast of Trumpets is actually this September. And I've already heard two preachers say that he's coming back this September. They haven't read that scripture. No one knows the day or the hour. Would it be fitting for him to come at the Feast of Trumpet? It would. But the Bible is very clear that there's going to be people trading in the streets. People don't know the day or the hour. Get that inside of people's heads. And until the day that he comes, I need to have a Pentecost experience so I can go into all the world and preach the gospel. Amen? That I can lay hands on the sick and see them recover. That I can be a light in a dark world so I can build homes, so I can plant gardens. We got cities to build and contracts to fill, people. Is Jesus coming back? Yes. Are you excited for him to come back? Yes. Yes. He could come back today. He could come back in 25 years. Let's just be real. And, and you're like, well, it's so bad. Here's a word of encouragement for you. It's going to get worse. But you know what? I'm not afraid because I've had a Pentecost experience 
and I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit, and it doesn't matter what the news says. Are you hearing me? I'm telling you, I am not afraid. I'm not afraid of COVID. People call me, hey, I, I, I mean, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but hey, I just want to let you know that I, I popped hot for the China virus. I don't care. Why, you need to tell everybody, no, I don't. I'm not scared. If I die, I get to go to heaven. Hallelujah. Right? Am I crazy or what? These people, you may never come back, but here's the deal. I love you. I promise you I do. And I am empowered by the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you. And so there's so many people that I see, they want to skip a step. They want to skip they want, to, they, they, they want to go from Passover, and Passover is so good. How I many of y'all know it's the most important one? Asking Jesus to be the Lord of your life. But then you come over here, and this is a great one. But you can't skip steps. You've got to have the feast of Pentecost. And can I tell you, you need him. How I many of you know, dads, you, you need the Holy Spirit? There's times my boys... I talked about this last week. You, you know the boiling point of brain? Has your kids ever done that to you? Oh, your kids are perfect. Okay, that's good. Well, my kids, I'm telling you, you know when you're just so mad, you just you have to pray in the Holy Ghost. Right? It's like if we go upstairs, CPS is going to get called because I'm going to whip your hiney off. But you know what the power of the Holy Spirit does? Justin, you know, hey, I'm glad, I'm glad you're feeling me, man. Five children in his home. Just reach out your hand towards Justin and Ron right now. Lord! But, but you know them moments. Business owners, you know them moments with them employees. Or maybe you work customer service. And you work with customers. Are you, are you hearing me this morning? We need... The Holy Spirit. Oh, Lord. Man, he's like, I've heard from God. I'm supposed to slap you. <laughs> Thou say the Lord, choke him. Okay, God. All right. You know. But there's times when I bring a correction to my kids that I'm telling you, I just go upstairs and I just pray in the Holy Spirit. Addicts, if you're an addict in here, you're going to have a hard time lighting a cracked pipe and praying in the Holy Spirit. You're going to have a hard time looking at pornography and praying in the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, it's an empowerment. It's calling on a higher power of something that you can't do. <laughs> I mean, y'all know we need help out there today. We need help out there today. You need Him. When, I mean, the Bible tells us in Galatians 5.16, He said, walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the, the, lust of the flesh. You know what walking in the, the fruit of the Spirit is? It's love. Joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, and temperance. Can I tell you? Let's just put it this way. Love is not hard. It's impossible without the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Like there's some people that's easy to love. What is love? Baby, I want to hurt you. Right? I mean, let's just get real. Joy. How many of y'all know we need joy in the world today? 
Last week, we talked about having enthusiasm. And I'm telling you, you're going to have a hard time having enthusiasm without the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Peace. I'm telling you, you, you can't watch Communist News Network, CNN, and walk in peace. But you can watch it and still walk in peace, live in peace. I can't. Because it, it, it doesn't come from that. Well, I don't watch it either. But I'm just saying all news networks, it doesn't matter. They all lie to you. But my whole point is this. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, temperance. How many of y'all know in the world today we need love? How many of y'all know we need joy? How many of y'all know we need peace? We need all things. Whether you're a parent, a business owner, a spouse, whatever you are, God wants you to walk in the Spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So you've got to have a Pentecost moment. So number one, write this down. If you're not taking notes, go ahead and write this down. He gives you the power to live a righteous life. A Pentecost moment will give you the power to live a righteous life. Remember what happened at Pentecost in the Old Testament. He wrote it on tablets. But in the New Testament, he wrote it on hearts. Can I tell you, it's impossible to live a righteous life without the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Look at this scripture in Romans chapter 8 and verse 9. New Living Testament, I love what it says. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. Can I tell you, even after you've had the Passover experience, there is a tension that wants you to still walk in the flesh. Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable, pleasing unto him. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Can I tell you that? is almost, that is impossible without the empowering of the Holy Spirit. To have a renewed mind. You get a renewed heart by the Spirit of God. You need a renewed mind by the Spirit of God. And so there's always going to be this tension to walk in the flesh. There's always going to be this tension to walk in the flesh. And without empowering of the Holy Spirit, you're going to have an impossible time living a righteous life. What is righteous? It's right standing with God. What does the Bible say in Matthew? It says... Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Can I tell you, uh, uh, and I'm just going to be real bold and real blunt. There's people in this church who have been serving here, been coming here for 10 years, and they still get just as offended as they did 10 years ago. They need an empowerment of Pentecost is what they need. They need an empowerment of Pentecost. See, to live this righteous life, you need an empowerment. Like... Those times where you want to get angry, where you want to get upset, rather than being, those of you that, you know, where you type it out on Facebook? I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. Can I tell you, no one cares? Just to be real honest with you. Nobody cares. No, I'm being for real. Nobody cares about your opinion. You might as well keep it to yourself. But what the Spirit of God will do, rather than press and sin, it will convict something in your heart. To live that righteous life. I don't know about you, but I need some help living a righteous life. I heard this said years ago about somebody, and he said, you know what? And you know, talking about this being the gay month or whatever, pride month. And, and I hate it, because everything is about that stuff, you know? And I, I'll just... And, and I will continually always say this, that I will always love the homosexual. 
But I will always hate the sin of homosexuality. Always. And I'll always be vocal about that. Because we need to love them. And we need, we, 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 we need to reach out to them. But this month, I, I always think about this. Well, I'm a proud, one God, apostolic, tongue-talking, holy, rolling, born-again, heaven-bound believer in the liberated power in Jesus' name. I've been washed by the blood, sanctified by the Spirit. I believe in the Holy Ghost, and I suggest that you do the same. I was set free, set free on my knees on an altar call. Pardon me if I'm not ashamed to be a one God, apostolic, tongue-talking, holy, rolling, born-again, heaven-bound believer in the liberated power in Jesus' name. And so talking about this, I heard this uh, particular person, he said, you know what, you, you spirit-filled guys, you are always just so proud, and you think that you're better than us, talking about whatever denomination he's from. He said this, and it always stuck out to me. The Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you. It makes me better than me. How many of y'all know we need to be better than ourselves? I thank God for the Holy Spirit. I thank God for the Holy Spirit. Here's number two. Write this down. It gives you power to live supernaturally. It gives you power to live supernaturally. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4... New Living Testament, again, it says this. And my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches. And this is, this is crazy. This is coming from Paul speaking to the church at Corinth. And we know this by, by fact that in the book of Acts, that this is a very highly educated person. This person knew some stuff. But he says this, I'm not leaning on this stuff. I'm leaning on something else. He said, I relied only on the power demonstration of the Holy Spirit. He said, I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. You know what I've noticed, and I shared this this morning. So when we left here and we went to Colorado, uh, we went to, it, it, was, it was, I've always been raised in a spirit-filled church, but uh, this particular church was a Word of Faith church, and, and um, Mark Brzee and, and Kenneth Hagin, he would come every year. How many of y'all have ever read some books by Kenneth Hagin? You know who Kenneth Hagin is, okay? He's like a father of the faith. And I've sat under many, many services with Kenneth Hagin. But one of the things that I've noticed, and I even noticed this later on, that there were some ministers that went across the country, and there would be signs and wonders that happened. And they would always have some cronies that came, or, or groupies. And there was people that they were more addicted to the miracle than the, the miracle maker. And these would be people. Who are you standing up for? Oh. I thought he was. We're about to see a showdown. I'm like I'm walking over there. <laughs> Sit down JC. <laughs> but I noticed this. And, I, and I'm telling you. I, I just say this with. With. Um, I say this with a tender heart because I would see these people that they would follow these people around and their life was a wreck. Like they, they knew how to play church, they knew how to talk church, but what they were doing is they hadn't tapped into that power, they were only looking at the power in somebody else. 
And I'm here to tell you this morning, when you have a Pentecost experience, it doesn't just have to be the pastor. It doesn't just have to be the minister. It doesn't have to be the leader. It can be the one that's sitting in the pew right there where you are. God wants you to have a Pentecost experience. And this is what Paul is saying. He said, I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. See, people are so in love with the miracle that they miss the point. They miss the point. It's not the miracle thinking about healing. Healing is the benefit. When God heals somebody, healing is the benefit. The point of the miracle is that there would be a demonstration of the power of God so your faith wouldn't be in men, but in God's spirit that's within you. I don't know about you, but I want to have a faith in somebody. I want to have faith in the one who gives faith. I don't want to have faith in the one who laid hands on... God used somebody to lay hands on the sick, but can I tell you, that's what people do. They, they, they get in love with the power in somebody else when God's saying you can have the same power living on the inside of you. So you're like, Pastor, you're talking about these things where we have Pentecostal church? No. Yeah. <laughs> we may not have it on the door out there. And, and, but I'm just here to, I'll just say this. I want every single one of you to have a Pentecost moment in your life. I want each and every one of you to have a Pentecost moment in your life. See, we need to be in love with the giver of the gift. Rather than being in love with the healing, we need to be in love with the healer. Right? Rather than being in love with the providing, we need to be in love with the provider. And as I read the book of Acts, I see a demonstration of the Spirit of God. See, intellect is great. In knowledge, it's great. But faith can't rest in what you know. It has to be a supernatural faith. Right? A demonstrative faith. And it's not just for the minister. It's for each and every one of you in the room. Here's the third one is this. Write this down. I'm coming to a close right here. Number one, he gives you the power to live a righteous life. Number two, he gives you the power to live a supernatural life. Number three, he gives you the power to fulfill his assignment. His assignment. He's gifted you with gifts. You know, as I look out across this room, I see all kinds of people that are gifted in all kinds of different ways. The gift of service, the gift of hospitality. I mean, I, I, I see so many things, and lots of times we, we put a gifting of somebody else higher, like the person who's playing piano or bass or guitar or drums on stage. That's, you know, that gifting's bigger than mine. No, it's not. No, it's not. And why does God give you gifts? Is it to make you known? No. It's to make him known. And I'm just here to tell you how, how many of y'all have been in those situations, maybe with family members before, and you're like, I'm going to share the Lord with them today. I'm going to share the Lord with them today. And then you're in the car. I did not share the Lord with them today. How many of y'all know when you, you know you have back sweat, you're just thinking about it, Right? We used to sing this song in children's church. Yes, the Holy Ghost will take the chicken out of you. Can I tell you? The Holy Spirit will empower you to fulfill his mission on the earth. How will people know the gospel if you don't share it with them? There's loved ones you need to share it with. There's coworkers that you need to share it with. There is gifting on the inside of you. God wants to use you. And I see the problem this morning. You've had a Passover experience and all you do is focus on the day that God returns. Until God returns, we've got to have a moment where we fulfill his promise on the earth.
You read 1 Thessalonians, you read it. I'm telling you, you know what's keeping the Antichrist from coming now? The church. It's the church. If you don't believe the word of God, that's fine. I'm just here to those of you that do believe the word of God, it's very clear in writing. The church is holding back the Antichrist from coming on the earth. You need power. Look what 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 5 says. Because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. Look at this. The gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power. With power. In Ephesians chapter 5, he says, Be ye not drunk with wine, but be ye filled with the Spirit of God. Some of y'all are already getting uncomfortable. I hope he's not going there. I'm not done preaching. Y'all need to know that. I'm not done. Piano player may start playing, but I'm not done. Can I say that? Ephesians chapter 5. Be not filled, or it says, be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Was he going there? I'd love to. Can I tell you? If you're filled with the Spirit of God, you shouldn't look like the world. But that's a whole different message for a different day. That word being filled with the Spirit, it means a continual feeling. You know what the Spirit of God does for you? It continually fills. It continually fills. Because how many of y'all know we're cracked pots? We're cracked vessels. I don't know about you, Kenneth, but people crack my pot from time to time. And it's like I'm going somewhere, God's doing something in my life, and then that person comes along. Y'all are looking at me like I'm the only one this ever happens to. I mean, y'all know that person comes along, that kid or coworker or Facebook, Instagram, and it pokes a hole and you begin to leak. But God's saying this, you might struggle with those things, but by the Spirit of God, I'm going to continually fill you. <laughs> ah, that's good news for me. I don't know about you, but I need to be continually filled up. So number one, he gives you the power to live a righteous life. Number two, he gives you the, the power to live supernaturally. Number three, he gives you power to fulfill his assignment on the earth. Let's all stand to our feet this morning. I'm coming to a close. Now, on the day of Pentecost, remember on the day of Pentecost, they were all in the upper room. They were all filled. He appeared to them in tongues and resembling fire rested on them. Peter gets what I call a dose of the ghost. He gets fired up and he begins to preach the gospel and 3,000 people get saved. And then these people are saying, what are we supposed to do? And I believe this is by the power of the Holy Spirit. And you may be asking this morning, Pastor, what do we do with this? In verse 38 of Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, it says, And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, because of the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Verse 39. For the promise, which he's talking about the Holy Spirit, is for you and your children and for all who are far away. Can I tell you, each and every one of us are far away from the time that this was wrote down? How many of y'all know the Holy Spirit is for us today? June 5th, 2022, as much as it was back then. It says, for the promises for you and for your children. 
you know what? I want my, I want my children to live a righteous life. I want my children to live a supernatural life. I want my children to fulfill the assignment that God has in store for them on the earth today. Not when they get old, but today. And you know how they do that? Is a Pentecost moment. A Pentecost moment. Everybody say Pentecost. Everybody say Pentecost. We've got to have a Pentecost moment. A Pentecost moment. It says, for you, for your children, and for all who are far away, as many as the Lord our God calls to himself. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm telling you, we need empowered. We need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. I think it'd be very fitting for us today to talk about the Holy Spirit. In fact, y'all be here the next couple of weeks. And I pray this was not weird to you because it's not weird. People are weird. I'm saying that with all confidence. People are weird. The Holy Spirit is not weird. It's not. I'm telling you, healing is not weird. Provision is not weird. Being set free is not weird. I mean, y'all know we need to be set free today. So this is the way I'm setting this up. If you want to have this empowered, because I, I want you to have a full scope of what you'll be getting into. But if you're in here today and you say, you know what, Pastor, I need an infilling. I need that. I'd love to pray with you. But the first thing we're going to do is this. If they ever have bowed with their right close, if you're out there and you say, you know what? I haven't even had Passover in my life. I haven't celebrated the blood, but today I want to celebrate the blood. Today, if you're out there and you say, you know what, Pastor? There, at one time when I was a boy, I served the Lord. When I was a girl, I served the Lord, but I don't anymore. You might be in here and you say, Pastor, you you don't know what I've done. You don't know the people that I've hurt. No, I don't. And I don't care. And can I be confident to tell you this morning, the Lord doesn't either. He knows what you've done. But he said, he's saying, son, daughter, I forgive you of your sins. And I cleanse you from all unrighteousness. All you have to do is believe. All you have to do is confess me as your Lord. I'll come live on the inside of you and I'll make you new. I'll set you, I'll set you free. You'll have that experience. So if you're in here, before we even go on to Pentecost, you need to have that Passover experience. If you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life, the Bible says he'll forgive you as far as the east is from the west. The Bible tells us that he'll be that friend that sticks closer than any brother. Are you asking me to join this church? No, I'm not. You want me to be a member here? No, I'm not. No. I'm just asking you to be a part of the family of God. The family of God. So if you're out there and you say, you know what, Pastor, I'm away from God. Or maybe you're out there and you say, I've never asked Jesus to be Lord of my life. It's very simple. All of us in this room, you're not going to pray alone. We're going to pray a prayer together. And ask Jesus to come live on the inside of us. So if that's you, pray this with us. And those of you that have prayed it, prayed it right now. Say, Jesus, I believe you died, you were buried, and on the third day, you rose again. Or today, we remember that. I'm a sinner, and I need a Savior. So Jesus, 
I invite you into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I confess you as my Lord. From this day forward, I'll serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Still with every head bowed, with every eye closed, if you're in here and you say, you know what, Pastor, I just feel an unction in my heart. I prayed that prayer. I meant that with all my heart, that I was away from God, but today I'm getting things right. That's you? Just lift your hand. Is there anybody in the room? Is there anybody out there? Praise God. Well, I believe everybody's saved. The next one's this. Y'all look at me. Hey. Have a Pentecost moment. Have a Pentecost moment. I'm the dad I am today because of Pentecost. I'm the husband I am today because of Pentecost. Do I make mistakes? Absolutely. Absolutely. But the Holy Spirit empowers me to get up from that mistake and keep rolling. I'm telling you, I... I don't want to be led by my flesh. Can I be real honest? My flesh wins. And it wins. A lot of times. But thank God for the Spirit of God on the inside of me. Y'all be here for the next couple weeks. Because the Spirit of God can change your life. It's changed mine. Thanks for joining us. We want to thank all of you who give to our ministries here at AOL Church. It's because of you that all of this is possible. You can give now by clicking the link below. And if you haven't already, subscribe and share this message. It helps us reach more people and share the gospel through you. Be sure to stay connected to us through our Church Center app, our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and follow us on social media like Facebook and Instagram. May the Lord bless you and keep you. His face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. Thanks again for listening. Go and make a difference today.